0: My mic. Okay, my mic's on, but they still can't hear you. And now I'm going to change it. And now they should be able to hear you. Yay! All right, that's good. We're going to check my screen. Okay, the window's actually not looking too bad, but we can we can fix it a little bit. I'm going to nitpick. And all this is, like, stuff people... This is really what people tune in for, is for, to, like, see me... <laughs> struggle through the tech stuff um, and make fun of me for it. Anyway, hello and welcome to episode 10 of Laughing Into the Void. I'm your host, Tom, and as always, co-hosting with me is the lovely Rosalind Paris. Yay! Yay. Um, (laughs) You can watch our (laughs) previous broadcasts on the District Comedy YouTube and Facebook channels or listen to them on most podcast platforms. If you enjoy the stream, please consider making a donation of any size at district- Dash comedy dot live alternatively like share and subscribe to our stuff because that also helps um but yeah um here with us today um we have kevin wong uh kevin is a san francisco based podcaster and stand-up he has a virtual mic titled introverts paradise that takes place on thursdays and fridays from 10 to or from 9 to ten thirty p.m pacific time additionally his solo podcast uh and i have to k- clarify the name of this. Is it called thepodcast.com? Yeah, it's called <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> okay, no, it's called the podcast, uh, just yeah. the podcast. But um, that's also on most uh, podcast platforms, from what I saw. Um, And it has over 500 episodes. And you can also catch him this Friday on the show Crazy Funny Asians. And if you're curious about all the details for that, you can go to KevinWongComedy.com. Yep. That sound good? Okay, cool. Yeah. <gasps> <gasps> now
1: I can fucking breathe. Yeah, thanks, um, Tom. Yeah, no problem.
2: Yeah, thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me do this. This is this is fun. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: I, w- I was really excited uh, to have you on because uh, yours was one of... I think at the time, I'd only done like four
1: different Zoom mics and yours was mm-hmm. one of them.
0: So I thought it was like a, a nice experience, too.
1: So, to well, then so how you was your experience? Thing, but... How was your experience out of the four?
0: I had... I'm trying to remember. I've only been to like really good ones so far, so I can't like say that one's my favorite for uh, political, diplomatic reasons.
1: You um, say mine's the worst. It's fine. It's not a big deal. No, no. I liked yours
0: a lot. Um, the other one I've been on was Rachel Rothenberg's The Panda <laughs> Mike, um, and I've been on Brooke Barcells. Oh, I'm also getting a text. Okay. My fiance texts when we go live to be like, "I can see and hear you." Um, <laughs> it's been a problem before, um, yeah. but yeah. So um, that one has your fiance versus, been on
1: this podcast or this? Um...
0: It's like supposed to be for people in the like comedy entertainment world. So I would have him on one day because he's actually an actor like me. We met through the same theater company, hmm. um, which is like. A fun, cute, little, like, showmance story. So I would have him on at some point. Um, Whisper, whisper. I've also been thinking, because he sends me, like, notes on the show afterwards, (laughs) and also sometimes questions during the show um, that are good. So who knows? Maybe he'll take over uh, this show someday while I go on to, like, try and add more stuff to the district comedy roster, because he'd be good at that. Anyway... Um, enough about my fiance.
1: I um, love you, Chris. <laughs> I love you. Love you Chris. I'm so curious. Like, who crushed on who first? Was did he make the moves on you, or was it vice versa? Were we like, ooh, that's that's mine. I
0: I think he was interested in me first, but I have the type of personality where like once I decide that I want something, I really go for it, <laughs> and am unnecessarily aggressive towards it. I was like, we're gonna be together, and he was like, I'm fine with that. I don't know why you're yelling. Put um, a ring on it. Put a ring on <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> and I did um but oh my God, that's not what this interview is about. We're talking about you, Kevin. oh, you know what we'll we'll sidetrack from our normal template and get to that later, but like what's going on in the Kevin Wong love life uh
1: no, nothing, nothing's going on it's a it's a <laughs> pandemic, it's a pandemic. there's nothing going on um no i everything is fine it's I mean, I have a roommate that I hang out with um. But that's kind of been my life right now for the last year. So. Yeah. yeah.
0: It, there is not a lot going on for most people. Um, yeah. Is, yeah it's like, a, social stuff.
2: The fact that I spend the pandemic with like a healthy live in partner is such an anomaly in my life. <laughs> yes. <list>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, like, yes. It, it went wrong. Well, it, it, I wouldn't say it went wrong. It went correct at the, the perfect time. The perfect time. The perfect. <laughs> Although, if we were going to break up, like, let me tell you, at the beginning of the pandemic, we wouldn't
0: hurt. <laughs> it, it has been, like, so weird to see people, like, either who just got into relationships or were already in relationships, like, see them be put in, like, a time capsule. Like, equally, I have seen people who, like, before were doing okay, that when the pandemic hit, yeah. they were like, no, actually, I can't stand you. Um, and alternatively... You
1: break it's well, definitely make or break it's it's um I, I think this is something that's so different we're not distracted we're, you're so focused in on either this person or you're not you know yeah. so it's get in or get out mm-hmm. and yeah. like even being focused in it's like if
0: there was something small about them that bothered you um oh yeah <laughs> then it's around all the time and that's the only thing you think <laughs> yeah. of um yeah. but then on the other side of that i've also i actually know a couple who is like basically they had only been on like two dates or something at the beginning of the pandemic. And then it was like, guess we're quarantined together. <laughs> and they've been together ever since. And that's awesome. Cause now that's like Straight. 10 months. That's and a that substantial story, relationship.
1: Right? Yeah. Is that yeah. pretty much a story, Roz? We
2: were dating for, we've been dating for about nine months before Whoa. it hit. And I had, like, mm-hmm. just moved into my own apartment from a roommate situation. So, like, if things really lined up well for me. Uh, yeah. and then, so we recently moved in together. But, yeah, he's actually, uh, he owns a, I, I talk about this every literally episode. every single That's episode. okay. We'll
0: also talk about how, like, you know, Zoom mics are great for accessibility. And, like, <laughs> what, how's it different from live mics? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> Sidebar, right?
2: owns a a bar-slash-concert-slash-comedy-slash-drag-slash-whatever-venue. That has been closed since March, too, right now. So that's been fun to explore as a couple.
0: And Um, small business owner. Yeah, it is is rough. Um, In
2: this economy! (laughs) In
0: this economy, no (laughs) way! Are you telling me the $600 wasn't enough to float that? Oh, man. But anyway moving on um <laughs> uh so we do have uh, like a first and a last question that we kind of like to ask every okay. comic you're the only one we've ever asked about their relationship life i think oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but um so the question is to start off uh for people who may not know you who are watching the show how would you describe <laughs> your sense
1: of humor to someone God, I I never really, I I get asked that enough that I should have a, a <laughs> prompted answer, but um, I would have to say it's it's uh it's got to be authentic. I think that's kind of the thing that I've been on most recently is you got to stay true to yourself. So I think it's what you see, it's what you get. I haven't really um tried to hide anything. Um, so it's, there's a lot of truths right now. Maybe mm-hmm. that that would be it. Okay. okay. Then I would then ask, "Who is you?
0: Like, what are those? Or at least, like, for right now, let's say, what are the like main truths going on?"
1: Um, I'm older. I just had a birthday, it's like 43, right? Oh, Forty three. Yeah, this, this is the way I look. That's why I believe <laughs> Asians are a lot like Muppets. You know, <laughs> yeah, we just look funny, but we don't age. That's that's kind of our our uh, our give and take um yeah so i've i've dealt with a lot of stuff um like race wise um that's kind of like come to a surface now i think with the pandemic that there's a lot of social injustice you know so stuff like that um oh, what else i sports I, i'm big into sports um and I think most recently i I've re in love with my car <laughs> yeah I, I have i have like a a a, a young, Kids' car and I just I was ready to sell it to somebody else. And since the pandemic happened, I decided to just start modifying it. So mm-hmm. I know you guys are looking at this. You're like, why isn't your car modified to begin with? But <laughs> I uh yeah, it took a while. It took you had to save up money for it. So nice.
2: I once tried to change a headlight and I dropped the screwdriver in my engine and immediately oh gave up. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>
0: There's just a
1: rattle forever. <laughs> I've lost so so many tools in the engine. And that's the thing. Like, There's no bottom to the engines. Like, where does it go? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's like some lucky guy just going to be walking down the road. and He's going to find, like, (laughs) I don't know, just like a wrench that fell out of my car because I suck at at doing manual labor. Like, what's going to (laughs) happen?
1: I think all tools, you should actually, like, put it around your wrist and just tie it to it. So in case if it falls, like, you have, like, butter fingers, you just get to pull it right back up.
2: Just, like, save up some Wiimote straps. And just <laughs> oh, my like God.
1: There you go. <laughs> like balloons. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're, you're San Francisco-based. Are you, yeah. like, in the city, Bay Area?
1: I'm in the South Bay. Okay. Yeah, that's that's kind of like Baltimore and D.C. It's a little bit – I'd say it's more, like, uh, 40 minutes out.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, yep. you already, like uh, – touched on some pretty interesting things. One of the things I was going to ask you, because you just talked about it in the um, article in the Chronicle, um, which was not to like... I always feel like it's a little bit weird, but I'm about to read your own words, or at least Oh, God. whatever they said you said back at you which was that like you'd found that the audiences themselves are evolving in ways that bring your older material into focus and that's especially true of like you said with like some of the race stuff so I'm kind of interested if like you wouldn't mind unpacking a little bit what that I what that concept is as far as like the audience evolving as a response to the pandemic um...
1: okay um so do you want to hear the backstory to the question or do you want to hear the evolving audience because it's really a two-parter
0: hey well, we see. got Here time the next, both okay <laughs> why not
1: so when i got asked that question it was um i think that the writer had a narrative to that he wanted to to go into and um i just kind of went the other way so he wasn't really sure how to take it then he had a follow-up call and he needed a joke. He goes, can you tell me this one joke that you said that, that it evolved with? And I, it was more about um, what uh, police brutality and how things were kind of escalating. And um, I, I felt like it was just, I had this one tiny little joke, I think that got printed, but it just became this huge chunk about like how you could tell like the good cops from the bad cops to um, just from their names or or stuff to um it all kind of comes around like i i felt like the stuff that happened with the cops um they're they the, the power that they exert the um like their presence and the way that they uh treat people it's not really you're not they're not really cops they're just lousy ex-boyfriends you know like they <laughs> have that like hey i'm just gonna flex on you type of thing like i'm gonna control you me 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 so that's kind of where it came from um I think he just needed a joke, so he just... I told it to him, and he just kind of printed it the way he wanted to print it, so...
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, But then, going into, I guess, what was, like... I hope was, like, an actual point that you were trying to make, and the journalist wasn't just trying to, like, (laughs) shove a narrative uh, to his editor. Um, But, like, the idea of, uh, like, the audiences evolving because of the pandemic, I think, is really interesting. Because, like... You know, I said I was going to say, I think, and we were talking a little bit before we started airing was, you know, one of the things that I've found cool is like being able to produce my own stuff. So it kind of gives me, uh, I guess, control over like my own brand and like my own narrative. Um, So like on the other side of that, I think that since there's more content out there, audiences are like, they don't necessarily have to settle as much as they right. used to because there's more of a options out there
1: and I think uh, uh, being in the Bay Area especially San Francisco if you it's if you kind of stray the other way it people I think a lot of um, people would actually just kind of like have the mob mentality and just kind of like going oh I think you're wrong so I think it's always better to be on the right side of history um, so yeah it's a little bit more sensitive out here so I think um, when audience members now they have that that option they could always just mute you as well too so yeah, yeah.
0: it's very easy to just like flick to another channel right. Um, and I mean it was before but I think it's even more convenient now and yeah even like within your own stuff you can just mute a person if you decide you don't like them um well cool
2: I think too like with, with like broader audiences and like you know, people with expanded minds. I know, like, with a lot of comedians, you know, there's the whole discussion about people getting offended too easily or being worried about being canceled, joking about something. And, like, as performers, I think that actually makes us better because, like, if you can just, like, go to, like, some offensive stereotype and get a cheap laugh, okay, that not that that's cool but okay that might work for an audience but if you're trying to like actually not deal with stereotypes create something fresh and original that's actually a lot harder and i think embracing that as a performer makes you a better performer in some ways right
1: yeah
0: i mean i'm in that same train of thought too i think it's much more challenging to go the other way and not like follow down the um, same path like a lot of stereotypes it's like they come from jokes that have been done a million times um, but okay cool cleared that up
2: a woman who's bad at driving though
0: oh okay well there you go
2: uh, i once once managed to, to sideswipe my <laughs> own car pulling into a parking space so
1: oh no was it a beam <laughs> or was it another car
2: no, it was like you know how in grocery store parking lots they have those like plastic rails. Mm. Yeah, I got over ambitious about what I could <laughs> squeeze my car into, and then it was just bad. Well, how big is your car? I drive a Hyundai Elantra. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah if it makes (laughs) no if it makes you feel any better i was just gonna say well okay so i don't know if you guys have heard of this before i just learned about it recently um from my fiance um oh no the picture went out real quick just as i was gonna say something um but apparently it's a thing for like i guess gay people like iced coffee is that true Really? Um, but that's, I didn't think that that was a thing, but then I was like, Chris like came up to me one day and was like, Oh, typical gay with his iced coffee. And I was like, I've always liked iced coffee. <laughs> I don't know how oh, that so has you to like do with coffee too. Yes. I, I, I do oh. like iced coffee. Yeah. I'm going to keep my eye out for that. That's, that's a
1: good <laughs> observation. I didn't even think about that. And I was like, I I, I didn't oh, know that that good. was a
2: good <laughs> I did hear, I did hear a good one. My friend told me apparently like a lot of like people have this stereotype that white people only have golden retrievers as dogs like <laughs> like the, the golden retriever is like the official dog of the white person and like he was talking to me about that and i was like just like staring at a photo on my desk of my golden retriever
0: <laughs> i was like you can't even fucking
2: puppy <laughs> yeah.
0: oh, oh baby but Damn. yeah
2: cool. um but... yeah um so okay so like have, have you been watching sports like what's been your like gut reaction to like seeing how the pandemic's been going on with baseball because i know like my boyfriend's a huge sports fan and I... he's just been been watching like a car crash kind of
1: i I've, I've been enjoying it i mean i think one of the things i hate about sports is when you hear the hecklers and just people get ragged on you like just leave them alone you know it's like they're doing their job and but i do miss hearing that audience just roaring sometimes like when, when there's you know a good play or something that, because it kind of adds more to the game but right now as is it's 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 the purity of the game you know it's like it's, i play softball and it's just like playing softball because there's no audience you know so whatever you do it's just it is what it is but um I didn't think it was going to happen i didn't think that they would squeeze in two months and and have the playoffs after that but it was um i'll, I'll take what i can get because I, I that's my my sport so
2: yeah i think um the, <laughs> it was interesting too to kind of like watch them try to make up for a lack of a crowd with like the counts yeah. or um pumping in the crowd noise because like you have to just like thinking about like the players perspective like it must be so weird you're used to dealing with like these huge stadiums of people screaming and like you can just kind of drown everything out but then it's like you know yeah. like the catcher farts that you can hear them like, <laughs>
0: like, like, this know, is like... weird i'm watching sports and i can still hear my own thoughts something's wrong <laughs> yeah. so it's this like... isn't having the effect it normally does <laughs> <laughs>
2: um... But yeah, so I don't know. I, I was just curious because I wonder, if, I wonder what NASCAR is doing for the pandemic. Because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like football has been pretty much like universally, football has failed with managing coronavirus. Specifically, the Baltimore Ravens here in Charm City.
0: <laughs> yeah. Apparently. <laughs> um, We're the best. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, but like i mean i guess nascar is like the safest sport right well now,
1: nascar so. they've actually replaced all their the infield with just golden retrievers so that's oh, their, yeah. Okay. yeah they're like but yeah they you know white people imagine we'll it just... <laughs>
2: <laughs> a popular <laughs> choice with their <laughs> <reviewing
1: audience. laughs> you, just see, you just see dogs just doing this you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh.
2: yeah it'll be great <laughs> Good times. but yeah so um tell us a little bit more about your podcast so so 500 episodes is like a pretty decent stretch uh, like it's impressive that that you've sustained something it's, it's
1: not it, it it honestly isn't it's I uh, i i did like two two a week so that's how it kind of built up so it comes out to like five years but I just got tired of writing. Um, I, I used to write a lot and I just, I just, I I, got dry. You know, I couldn't do anymore. And I was like, what other ways is there to write and create? And then um, I heard another comic goes, I just talk into my phone. I just like walk around and talk into my phone. That's how I write. And I know that's not a bad idea. So I started doing that. I did maybe six episodes. Then I said, you know what? You need to own your thoughts. Like whatever you think I mean that's the difference between comedians and normal and regular people is that normal people won't voice their bad thoughts you know so I decided to just go let's just put it out there Um, but really it's just me sitting in here just with my eyes closed just kind of like thinking of topics and just kind of like daydreaming from from an angle So
0: that's really cool so would
1: you say like um,
0: at least one of the motivations behind the podcast it sounds like that's your sort of writing technique for stand-up is going yeah. through that stream of consciousness into yeah there's
1: there's some stuff that i've i said um out of my mouth i was like oh where did this come from and then you just write it down or even like when i um perform sometimes like i just go to a place and and it's not it's just organic you know so it kind of feels more real but yeah i think the more that you do the more you write the more you talk it gives uh with comedy for me it's like there's the thought process and when you write it down it's completely different than you performing it that's different to um like what you have in your head so like there's like four different segments to it at some point it's gotta Mm -hmm. you gotta be happy with the the end product
0: well yeah i i think it's interesting too because i come at it I feel like for myself a little bit from both angles sometimes because I on the one hand am like I've mentioned before a librarian so like normally when I do my set it is not organic at all it is like (laughs) I have written down these jokes and I am reading them but on the other side of that like me and Roz have been doing improv for like such a long time that that's where a lot of those like really Edited things that get into like the scripted version do come from just like right talking and, and like doing the scene thing. Nobody knows. Nobody yeah. knows that
1: you're going off script or like, you know, that you might have messed up or whatever. Like nobody knows. So it's yeah. so it feels like it's it's all there.
2: Yeah. And I think that's like something a lot of the people that we've talked to have as like a common thread is like I know Winston said, like, he, he when we interviewed Winston Hodges, he said that, you know, he man, he just records every set he does. Every single time he's on stage, he records it mm-hmm. to, like, critique himself. And then he managed to have so much material that he could actually make his own little special out of all right. of his recording. Yeah. And then I think when Ralph was on, Ralph said, like, mm-hmm. he always records himself no matter what.
0: Yeah, too. he, like, talks into his phone, and he he gets really, like... I thought that was like kind of on like the left brain side of the spectrum cuz it sounded like he was also like listening back to the same bits done on different nights over and over to like see where like he had changed his delivery and how the delivery changed the reaction from the audience and I was like that, that was really intense to me <laughs> <laughs> how do you do it Tom do you record yourself um I do just because like I I like to get, uh, I think, a lot of mileage out of the stuff that I write, though, that it was just kind of like a natural byproduct to make notes. Like, for this show, it's like, really, it's just a live stream, but I'm able to, like, get more out of it because the stream becomes, like, a YouTube video, the YouTube video becomes a podcast, and then um, it makes it really easy, too, just for, like, practical note-taking purposes this is like my life hack i give people or to get to comedians is like one of the things i do is uh since it's on youtube i'll just download the transcript of the auto captions and then i'll have like notes of my set and it makes it a little bit easier to go through because it's also i think about just making it as easy as possible for yourself because if if there's too much work involved i won't do it and then i won't ever <laughs> look back at my set and it was actually like this last Thursday? No, this last Sunday, where I was doing a mic and it was like five minutes that I had cleaned up just by like collecting all of the failed jokes from like previous sets and like giving them a little bit of attention. So, it's nice. Have any tips? Have any tips for the Zoom mics? (laughs) For Zoom mics, um, I mean. For that information, you'll have to check out our new feedback mic. (laughs) No, um, plug, Too Funny Feedback, check it out. Um, but no, I think that, like, the main thing is that, like, I, yes, like, you will miss, like, the sound of, like, audience laughter, but I think, because I have, again, like, a bit of an actor background, I had to learn to, like, do the jokes the same way in the rehearsal room where there's not an audience and like the people in there and like castmates and stuff have also heard the jokes like 10,000 times so I think taking it from that approach and just like trusting that you have to trust your own sense of humor since you're not getting that reaction right Mm -hmm. so you have to trust that um, trust your own judgment when it comes to your jokes that like they are good enough and then when you take them to a live mic eventually they'll be fine but as far as like doing it in Zoom because for a lot of people that's been the end goal like they are perfectly happy doing Zoom mics and if they never do live mics they'd still be happy and they'd still you know have a good time doing stand-up comedy but like um with that you just have to kind of like treat the Zoom room and really your camera just the way you would treat any other audience and at the end of the day it's all the same shit we're all just trying to connect with each other (laughs) Just oh, trying to get paid to be people's <laughs> friends. <laughs> Sorry. What was that, Ross?
2: I'm just like, we're all tired of looking at the people we live with and ourselves. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. That's also true.
2: And our abusive cats.
0: <laughs> but since you brought up kind of like uh, the Zoom mic culture, I do want to ask you if you don't mind talking about Because I was okay. reading your blog too, because you don't do enough things. You have like <laughs> a million things going on. Um, and in your most recent article, let me see what I have here. Um, Yeah. Um, It was 10 years in comedy, and yeah. you kind of go over, like, some of the revelations, but obviously a lot of it is kind of centered around the pandemic and some of it around the Zoom mic that you've been running, and you kind of mentioned this night where you had, like, 33 comics on and, like, just some... It sounded like some things went hectic, so I don't know if you want yeah. to unpack that story a little bit with us okay, and kind yeah. of what
1: you learned from the experience um so i i've been doing the zoom thing for maybe a month or so and it wasn't like it exploded or anything this one night it just blew up so i was not prepared for you know how like on zoom sometimes you just get like one page there was like two pages so i was like where did these people go like i had no idea what was going on that um i couldn't keep track and i was just overwhelmed with my first time with um doing this thing and uh the room just kind of got out of hand. There was just a lot of uh, people that weren't introverts. They were just kind of like these douchebaggy baggy um, people that just like to blow hot air. And um, well, they, they went after a, um, a, so they went after me, they went after the bobbleheads, but I kind of let it go because I was like, let's just keep it going because there's just too many comics. But then they went after Female or lady comics, um, comedians, and um and it kind of became more like this is my focus on you. And I think one was very attractive, and they kind of zoomed in on her. They're like, hey, you know the reason why that nobody is uh, laughing at your jokes is because we're too busy staring at you. Like it would just became this whole like charge thing. I was kind of expecting certain jokes to come out, of it, and I felt like she she kind of um. Well, the jokes that she said was very kind of like on that same line. so it, it, if I was a comic, I would think that that'd be okay, but it just it wasn't right. So, um, it got to a point where another comic was made fun of because she had dye in her hair and uh, a comic goes it looks like Rosie Perez had or uh, Rosie O'Donnell had period blood on your or she sat on your head and had a period or something like that. And she got offended. She was like, fuck you i'm done with this like can i cuss i'm sorry yeah. I. oh yeah okay. i think i've cussed a, a fucking ton on this show <laughs> yeah so she wasn't happy she blocked me and she just like ripped me a new one she was like don't do this guys mike it's it's a uh, it's not for for uh for us ladies this this guy's it just it it kind of came on me but i didn't see it because it was blocked and so other people were like hey you know uh, what happened last night and it just kind of like became this huge shit storm and um i just had to you know go like what was that you know like i i didn't even sleep that night because i felt really i wasn't happy with how it turned out but at the same time like i didn't take control of that situation because i i just wasn't ready for it so i learned i learned <laughs> and i had to grow from that that moment but that was a big moment for me
0: yeah i mean i feel like I definitely relate to that,
1: you know, like as far as,
0: you know, sometimes like it can get very overwhelming and like very out of hand. And since, you know, yeah. I have my own Zoom mic, um, I definitely <laughs> like, even just from the technical side, like you're talking about the multiple pages, like when people yes, come in and you messages, don't necessarily expect it. Oh yeah. My God, yes. Yeah. I also don't know how some people do it where it's like, and God bless them, like they'll just like post a thread and it's like they somehow are able to like pull their set list from like a five page long of like comments and stuff but like yeah I think it's definitely difficult especially like when you're trying to navigate the things like you want to be a responsive host and you want to like make it a great environment for everybody there especially since it sounds like you know the name suggests like this is supposed to be geared towards introverts um, (laughs) to then have like that kind of activity and you're not necessarily ready for let alone, like, have the technical know how to, like, what page are they on, and then how do I even mute, kind of thing. So, um, I, I get that. I, I relate to that. And, um, you know, I, 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 I do, do want to that say that, like, having been on your mic, I'm, I'm sorry that, like, uh, it sounds like this was that, uh, comedian's impression of it. it kind of, uh, no i mean I, I needed
1: that i honestly needed something that actually made me go hey you're in charge you know you need to make this this, if this is your mic you gotta you know it's all about you like, mm-hmm. like you take responsibility of that so it, it, it was a good wake-up call for me i didn't even know that there was a mute or that, that, that you could actually <laughs> kick people out in the room i was like somebody told me that he goes you can actually just kick these guys out i was like what Like, that's how I was not even aware of what Zoom, the the possibilities of it. Because like I said, I've only done it for like a month and it was an easy month for me. It wasn't that bad, so.
0: Well, keep in mind in case it comes up, because I had to learn this recently, is that after you kick somebody out, it's normally also a good idea to lock the room. (laughs) Because otherwise... What what is that? I was like... Well, because otherwise I was like, I had like kicked somebody out and then they just used the link to come back in and I was like oh shit <laughs> so
1: if you lock a room that means nobody can come in even if they've never been in before or what sorry the the lockout what is that is that um like if oh you're, yeah it just locks in... the
0: meeting so that like if you leave people can't come back in
1: even if they have the link and if they were never in uh, previously do they they're just locked out yeah
0: Okay. Okay. But, yeah. So I guess you have to kind of, like, make sure that, like, the people for the night are in. Especially if you have a longer-going mic. I feel like it's very common practice for people to, like...
1: Yeah, show up later.
0: Yeah, skip the first half of the show if they know they're going last. (laughs) Which is, like, it's cool. Especially, like, some of these mics, I'm like, they're three hours long. And I try and see everybody set. But I get tired, too. (laughs) uh. But no, that's that's uh, that's really good to hear, and it it was uh, gone for a little bit. But it part of why I wanted to ask this question is because it just made a resurgence. So now people can go and sign up for your mic. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, I feel like with, more with introverted
0: like... than ever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> with the, like the comedy scene moving online in general, there's going to be a lot of growing pains. Like you know, like. Yeah. If that girl had been at a, or if that woman had been at a live show and someone was making fun of her, like, if you do that and it's, like, not in good humor, you are you run the risk of literally getting your ass kicked after the show mm-hmm. by somebody. Yeah. Like, you know, like, and, you know, they, they always talk about, like, in the internet, like, people are less afraid to be abrasive and cruel because, like, we, we aren't having, like, that exact interaction that you would have in person. So I think, um, you know, growing pains like that are are kind of something that's unfortunately sort of inevitable, and it's more about how we react to them. Like, yeah. we had the same conversation with uh, Nico Lukoff, who mm-hmm. uh, created the Displaced Comedians Facebook page, and he was like, he's had issues similar to that that he's had to deal with, and he was like, I'm just a funny guy who's trying to do some comedy, and now <laughs> I'm like, I have to be like, oh, there's all these problems I wasn't expecting, and how do I respond to them? Like I'm like pseudo-social
0: <laughs> activist, yeah. Yeah. But, so, that's good to know, though. Um, um,
2: so oh, Tom, did you have a question? I was, I was just like, <laughs> I was just like uh, since you call it introvert's paradise, would you consider yourself an introvert?
1: Yeah 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 i mean i'm i'm enjoying this i think that's part of the interview with the the chronicle um i think the angle um scott wanted to go in was how that we need laughs and comedians are actually dying right now because they're not doing comedy and i was like we're dead on the inside to begin with you know that's that's kind of my attitude and and i think he wanted to say like are you missing the stage and i go i'm actually an, an intro like this is paradise for me right now like i get to I get, this is my green room. I get to hang out get to do a couple of jokes and I'm out if I don't want to hang out with somebody, I'm just, you know, I'm gone. So it's, yeah, it's, I mean, I miss it. I really do miss it. I miss a lot of it, but this is pretty cool too. Like I get to meet people from DC, from Baltimore. Whereas before I I never got to do that. And, and speaking of which that's, that's, that was one of the big issues with that night with the 33 comics was i had no idea who knew each other so for me i mean i'm pretty mean to my friends you know but then it's like they know me but i didn't know that these people didn't know each other you know so that was just hard for me to like do i tell them to do you guys you know mute or or Mm -hmm. what so it was yeah it was just a it was a bad night for
0: me. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. You're not trying to make it relive that too much. Uh, no, I mean,
1: it, it's good because, I, like I said, I have to remember it to to grow from it. So,
2: yeah, it's just I don't know. It's a shame. Like it's the same thing with the displaced comedian this group and Nico. It's just like, just try to do some fucking comedy. Can we all just be nice to each other? Or if not yeah. nice, like cordial. I don't yeah. know.
0: But uh, you bring up I, something.
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah what I learned with comics is we need some sort of guidelines because if there isn't, then, you know, it's just all chaos. (laughs) Yeah. All chaos. Yeah. Right. So I'm, and that's the thing. Like we do take some sort of guidance because that's everybody's open mics. They have their own set way of doing things. So it's not like you can go, this is the way, how come you didn't do this or whatever? Like everybody does it a little bit differently. Like for me, I do the icebreakers. I ask people some, some stupid question to to Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I think I had, like, which Avengers would I be? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that was, like, my question. Yeah. Well, like, and it's a memorable thing, too, obviously, because I, like, remembered that question just now. It's a great great way to get people engaged. But you bring something up uh, that I thought was interesting, too, as far as, like, I kind of understand a little bit why that journalist kind of wanted to go that direction, but I'm glad that you didn't because stand-up, because of this whole Zoom scene, I think, um, has been kind of unique in that way, where I almost feel like it hasn't been hit as bad as some of the other areas of the arts, and yeah. partially because it's such an independent art anyway. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I feel like, obviously, like the professional comedians who like were about to go on tour aren't able right. to, but on the other hand, they're also doing stuff online.
1: <laughs> I, I think you hit it around the head. I think the, the comics that don't believe in doing this, they just go, I'm, I'm out. I'll just wait until it's over. Then, you know, I'll jump back on, on board. But for I, the reason why I did, it's because I just want to keep my sword sharp. You know, like I'd still got to I want to write new jokes. I want to keep growing and I don't want to sit and wait for the pandemic to be lifted. Um, how i got it like I, I i remember i heard about zoom um i was like i'm not doing that like the thing for the meetings that people hate <laughs> that people you know talk about and how they they hate all this stuff I was like i'm not doing that like with just comments like who's gonna watch this crap then then um i got my shows that i was supposed to do live became zoom shows and they're like oh dude we're actually getting paid more for this you, you got to try this so that's that's when I decided to um, to start Introverts Paradise because I wanted to build my rhythm and just kind of like learn the rhythm of the Zoom stuff before I jumped on a, a paid show. So that's how I got. I mean, it's it's different. It's you're right, Tom. It's um it is a different um, angle for the arts that people don't really get to experience. But um, this this is kind of like what we have right now. This is like I said, it's not. Comedy, but I don't think comedy was comedy back then. I, I think stand up, like the Bob Hope stuff, or even like so, at some point, it just starts to progress. Then you get like the Lenny Bruces and you get the Richard Pryor's, and, that, and then eventually it just slowly evolves to this huge organic thing. But before, I mean, nobody ever thought about filming yourself and just doing and calling it a special, like how. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, they call it a special, like, it's supposed to be special. Now it's, like, not even special anymore because <laughs> everybody's doing it. This
0: is, I took my clip from 20 Zoom mics I did and just <laughs> yeah, made a definitely. montage of, right. like, <laughs> a, a year in my closet. That's what my special would be called. <laughs> um, <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Okay, cool. That's uh, that's awesome to hear that. Um, otherwise... Um, All right, what else else can we talk about? Um, We talked about the podcast. We talked about that stuff. Oh, um, so as far as the stuff that I've kind of been... I've kind of mentioned that I've learned from running my own Zoom mic. um, As far as things that will directly impact me um, in my stand-up, as an actor, as far as like building the personal brand, have you found that you've had any learning experiences like that like comedy aside if anything this trajectory has
1: kind of uh taught me how to market (laughs) that's a good one um i i don't know how to market it (laughs) i can tell you that much uh what i learned through zoom is um be more myself you know like i i don't think I, i would ever show off the bobbleheads or um where I talk about certain things that happen to me but I felt like since I'm in this safe space because it's you know my room that it's it made me more comfortable and I think I that's kind of how I've become who I've I think this is what I'm trying to say is I feel like I've found my voice through being in my own personal space
0: oh nice cool yeah I think it definitely like adds that level of comfort and that's kind of something that was uh stand-up theory almost before like literally taking it to your bedroom and getting really comfortable with it is i feel the goal for so many is like to create that relationship with the audience when you're on stage of as if you are just hanging out in your bedroom with your bobble right heads. yeah exactly
2: yeah. Cool. The audience is your bobbleheads.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just imagine the audience is naked and they're bobbleheads, and that's terrifying. <laughs> oh, yeah, we,
2: uh, we 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 t- we joked about that last week with uh, Mike Moran because I, I was talking about how my secret to fighting stage fright because uh, I have really bad anxiety, and so like for the first you know several years I was doing improv, I just couldn't look at the audience. Wow. like I would I'd be on stage and I would just be interacting with my scene partner and I just wouldn't look at the audience. <laughs> now, like I just don't wear my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> if conditions are just right, like when I'm on stage, everything's just kind of a blur.
1: And that's like my secret to like stage fright. <laughs> so what uh, happens when when you have to read something? Do you just go, "Hold on.
0: We don't put her in those games." <laughs> <laughs> those no, well,
2: so I'm uh I'm nearsighted uh not far sighted so I can you know mm-hmm. I can uh read stuff up close it's Best just like we'll
0: stop this problem. How
1: about so... you Thompson? Do you, do you have stage fright as well too? And what is your solution? <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean my thing is like I am naturally an introvert I think, um, but because at this point I've been doing theater and various performance arts for so long which um it's actually part of why I got into it was just cuz like I came from like a family where one of the main concepts I guess was like part of working on yourself and becoming a balanced person is you have to identify where your weaknesses are and then make those your focus um so it's like because I was introverted I ended up like going through and like doing all these like performance arts things. And also, like, I guess I enjoy it sometimes, too. Um, But that has kind of, like, um, I think, built on the skills where, where I would normally be terrified. And I am still terrified a lot of the time. I've at least learned enough technique to literally just hide it. And actually, one of the techniques I have learned is like lakakian and it's like all about the neutral mask and like the variations of so it's like well how are you not terrified on stage i am i wear a mask and i hide my feelings like uh we all do in some way but in a very literal sense um at least when i think about like
1: performance but i got mine from lost (laughs) do you guys ever used to watch that show I, I remember episodes, it. Yeah. Okay. Um, for for me it's um I just let it happen because it's inevitable. If you have fear, you're like so for me, I just let myself feel it. I just let myself feel it. Then at some point I just go, All right, you felt it, get over it now. Like, you know, it's already over and done with, so let's move on. You know, like it's one of those things.
0: Yeah. That's so cool though. I I wish I had that type of attitude to just like Kind of go with the flow. I love harping on being uncomfortable <laughs> with myself. Uh, and it's very bad for me. Um, but yeah. no, I, I just
2: like the adrenaline rush of, like, getting off stage and being like, okay, I did that really scary thing, it's yeah right now, and I feel amazing.
0: Oh, yeah, and that's part of it, too. It's like people forget that, like, without the stage fright, that's where all the excitement comes from like no risk no reward
1: um so do you guys miss the rush roz
2: yes very much so yeah i um i've been thinking about this a lot actually so i host um mondo baltimore which is like a, a monthly film series and it was taking place uh in like bar venues um in the city and our long time like bar home closed so yeah so and we had been doing it there since it started so we had been doing it there for like nine years and so there was like this this kind of like couple months where we weren't having mondo because we weren't sure where we were going and we had that first like the first mondo back like there was a big audience and i got on stage and it was a really good movie and it was a great night and then I got off stage and like the, the rush just hit me and I was like, You don't notice when it's not there, but when you're back and you have yeah. it again, you're like, Oh my
0: god, I've been It's missing. the best feeling in the
2: world. Yeah, it's such it's such a weird phenomenon for me. Cause it'll be like a nagging feeling that something's wrong, and then I won't realize <laughs> until I like force myself to perform, and then I'm done, and I'm like Oh, this I was. is what I've been missing.
1: <laughs> you, know? yeah. you guys remember your first rush? Your first? I can't sleep because I I'm so high right now. I mean, I do. I, I I do.
0: I I I was doing like a play in high school, but it was like it was very improv based. It was like a modern adaptation of like one of the Commedia dell'arte's, but it was really like. It was a high school. It was, it's probably really bad, but it was really fun. Like, I just like, A, I got to like play a lot in that show. And uh again, a lot of it was improvised. So uh my high school director at the time, like, just let me go to town, like, changed the script. I like added my own wow. bits in there about like, build a bear. I had a like little... What I didn't realize at the time, because I hadn't explored stand-up yet, was, like, it was a bit. That was my first bit, I guess. And then, like, also stuff, like, within the show where, like, I get to slap people with a sausage and, like, just, like, really uh, dumb not stuff. not at all. Well, <laughs> I was working production. through stuff. Um, <laughs> but, um,
1: <laughs> well, like, that. And then, like,
0: um, it was also, like, something where, like, I was like the first time getting that same like laughter from an audience. And then even more so after the fact, um, cause I guess it was just like something that was on the locals radar. It's like, it's a small enough community where like, Oh, the high school's doing a play is like actually a thing to do in town. And then like having strangers come up to you and be like, you should do this like right, this, as the second thing. part to
1: this question is d- do you still feel like you're chasing that same high that same rush as the first one
0: I don't um I'm over I'm over it I feel like the rush for me also like came from getting that reaction from the audience but I've gotten to a place which I I hope is better where I'm doing a lot of my jokes for myself not that I don't want other people to laugh but like Trying to see how far I can take an idea.
1: Right. What about you, though? How about you, Roz? What's your first, and do you feel like you're still chasing it?
2: Um, I'm gonna, pro- well, hmm. Probably, like, I'm I've, I've just always, like, my personality is that I don't do anything in advance ever. Like, every homework assignment from elementary school through grad school I think that's <laughs> <the worst too. laughs> like without reading anything like this show wouldn't exist without tom because he's the organized person behind it yeah <laughs> like and so like i mean i've kind of been improvising all my life because every time i've ever had to give a presentation in class like even my earliest memory is from like fifth grade i had to give a speech and i forgot about it So I just got up there and I completely winged it, and everyone was like, you know, applauding, and the teacher was like, "Oh, good job, whatever." And I was like, "I fooled (laughs) the wall."
0: That's
2: the first time I got the big rush. I was just like, "Oh, fuck, I can do this." So to me, that was like probably the start of it, and I definitely still think I chased that high. Like I tried.
1: Obviously, you're you're doing improv. Yeah. No.
2: Yeah, I, I still try to chase that high. I mean, like, I, I'm i probably not anywhere where near where I want to be as far as being good at stand-up. Huh. But I still do it and push myself to do it. And I'm not afraid to, like, experiment with stuff. So um, I think for me, that's the main benefit I get out of performing. Because it's certainly not money. And it's right, definitely yeah. not
0: fame. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm not making money from the arts? Um, but I Wait, think also, too... Oh, yeah. Oops. No, I I was just going to say, and I do want to hear Kevin's answers, too, um, but just kind of, like, talking about The Rush and talking about s- Sidebar a little bit is... Um, <laughs> I think part of, like, what I miss and part of The Rush too is also... It is so much... Um, these like comedy events and now they've moved online, which is cool, but, um, it's also like for a lot of people, I feel that is their community and, yeah. you know, the bar where the open mics are hosted is the watering hole. And that is how we connect and those precious moments between being asleep for a third of our life and spending uh, two quarters of it. like one half at work and blah, blah, blah. Um,
1: I think also, there's also no excuse, too. I mean, you look at all, like, uh, Josh Gad was hosting stuff like Back to the Future reunions or um, mm-hmm. or other movies. It's a, it's impossible because you can never get all these people in the same room at one time And since the pandemic has happened. There is no excuse. Like, you can do it, you know, so at some point, you're going to get everybody together. Yeah. That's That's the beauty of the Zoom stuff that we're doing. Yeah, yeah. it's
0: like, it is the closest I've found. It. It's actually, like, pretty close to that semblance of, like, Having community again, because we had also just yeah. come from our like improv troupe ending before everything hit, which is a separate story. And uh, I want to hear though about
1: your uh, first time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it was uh Gotham's Gotham's uh in New York City. Um, it, th- it wasn't that big. This was like the bottom room, like the basement room. It was like a, uh, um but it, it was a huge crowd. It was like over a hundred people. Um, a lot of family friends were, were out there, not mine, but just people. And that first time I heard that laughter on on me saying something that I didn't plan on saying, I just kind of felt like I should say it for the moment. And it just, that wave, you're just like, holy shit, what is that? Um, it gave me the confidence to, to finish the set and, um, I couldn't sleep i couldn't sleep i I was in new york city and it was pouring rain and yeah i couldn't sleep at all it was just i go that that's it you know um am i still chasing the high i i hosted a open mic in san francisco and it was it's, it's usually comics but they we actually had a crowd today and everybody just didn't do that hot and i closed it and had the room buzzing and i walked down the flight of stairs and i walked out and i was like and that's pretty much like 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 what colin quinn says it's like so what you know i made these assholes laugh you know like that's (laughs) so yeah i don't think i'm chasing the high anymore but i I did chase it for a few years because that first rush is just like Mm. it's what you live for you go this is why i'm doing it you know yeah it really is like a buzzing like you say (laughs) Yeah, yeah. you, you
2: gotta to have it. that high in the beginning cause like you're just gonna go on stage and suck for a while <laughs>
0: <laughs> just, like, right. a you gotta energy. like something about it to go up there and like right. at least speaking from my own experience eat it most nights <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> also I will say one thing about open mic nights at uh, sidebar is the place that uh, my boyfriend owns comics are ex- like unexpectedly really good tippers like, because cause he and I would, like, bartend those nights together uh, so I could, like, watch the comedy and make a little extra cash. All the comics were, like, a solid twenty percent above tippers, and I was, like, expecting, you know, all these dudes who are out late, like, you know, working shitty jobs so they can still get some stage time or whatever, to be cheap. Uh, no, all of them. One guy gave me hot cocoa oh. uh, <laughs> that was not poisoned, because I'm still here. Woo!
1: that's yeah. so. It's such a it weird might be thing, a though. Baltimore thing because I, I I swear to God, in in all the the places I, that I've been to, the, most comics just uh, drink what the other comic drinks, which is just water. You know? huh. yeah. like yeah, can I get a water bottle? No, just from the tap. You know, I'll actually I'll stick my mouth underneath the the mm-hmm. sink. Eh, I want I've seen some water. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so if you're a venue and you're considering whether or not to host an open mic. They're good us bringing some income. Uh,
2: Results are fixed apparently, though. <laughs> if you're looking
0: for somebody to organize your open mic, hit me up at blah, 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 blah. No, um, <laughs> we're running a little bit low on time, so I do want to just make sure that I get in the one question that we end uh, every interview with, which is I want to know um, a little bit, like, what's up next on your roster as far as projects, but, like, in a more broader sense like what is your ideal trajectory for you in comedy
1: Wow okay um i haven't told anybody about this i've like kind of like when i got to, to comedy i didn't really tell anybody um i do feel a little bit weird saying it but i think i would like to try stuff like improv and possibly get into into the world of television
2: okay yeah. Are I, I, goals. yeah
1: yeah i there's just something to i think with comedy you can only go so far in the way that people get catapulted um because like nobody knew who seinfeld was until he had a tv show right yeah same thing with robin williams nobody knew who these people were until you see a show even like you see the stand-up specials like uh, nate Bargatze nobody really knows who he is until like I think he's supposed to get a show on NBC, you know, like that's at, at some point. And I, I don't want to be the main character or anything. I just need something that could actually help carry me into a point where they go, okay, I, I, I get this guy. Maybe I'll, you know, I'll write about him in the San Francisco Chronicle or something. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> Well, that's really
1: cool. But uh, would you say that like
0: the, the overall thing the the true love is is still and always going to be stand up
1: yeah yeah
0: that's know, that's that, totally uh, fair that's not like a wrong answer don't worry <laughs> yeah cool.
1: I, I i just don't know what's what's um what the future holds right now with you know the pandemic so i'm just taking it as is yeah
0: well All i'm sure right. when things start opening back up you're going to I know you're gonna do great at improv because you're already hilarious, oh, and thank you. I'm sure. Like, I mean, uh, you'll be you'll be doing uh, more acting stuff than I've probably done just by like being in California. <laughs> like, oh, I it's doubt also it. a great it's... area for it,
1: though. Uh, the,
0: the DC is no, pretty
1: good, here. right? It's okay. <laughs> I have feelings about the DC me. scene. It is just a, a short bus ride to New York City. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Four hours, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like a, a wink. But that being said, uh, I'm going to go ahead and do a little outro and say thank you so much, everybody, for watching our show tonight. Um, thank you so much, Kevin, for hanging out with us and talking with us. Thank you so much, Roz, as always, for being my amazing co-host. And are welcome. Um, I just want to remind everybody uh, to... Tune in to all the different shows that we got going on. Um, We actually have a couple of new ones coming out, but if you're just into this one, uh, we'll be having the podcast of this out in a couple of days, and then we're on every uh, Wednesday. I had to check what day of the week is it? (laughs) Uh, But every Wednesday uh, from 8.30 to 9.30 Eastern. Again, uh, we had Kevin Wong on this week. Next week, uh, we're going to have the comedian Nick Dees Um, and I believe that will be, I think, our, like, season finale. There's not going to be a gap between, like, that episode and the next one. But we did, like, the next cycle. Well, we did, like, the next cycle of, like, people to, like, have for, like, future episodes. So that'll, that's what I'm going to say is going to be the season finale. And then we're going to move on. But if you like the stream and you want to support us, don't forget you can visit district-comedy.live to make a donation or district-comedy.com slash support. Um, Somehow I did that, like, wrong, even though there's slashes that go both ways. Um, Let's just dab. Um, But (laughs) dabbing's still a thing, right, young folks? Anyway, I'll stop talking now. (laughs) Thank you all so much again for tuning in, and have a great night. Bye!
2: Bye. thank you, guys.